is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. That's about 70 million people voted for Donald Trump Trump in this last election. He's complaining about the 80 million that um, that showed up in favor of Biden. It seems like a lot of people voted for Biden and voted for Trump. There's a lot of people out voting in this election. But you picked up on this thread today, LB, that was really interesting. And I can't read it because it's so small and my eyesight's so bad. But it says it's okay. it's Tom Nichols and uh, who was it? Was and it Dennis. Dennis. Yeah, Dennis. Or, Dennis. Or, so what was, can, if you can read it, I can't, but if you can't, I'll find it here. Oh my God, I can't. Right, hang on, I can do this. So it says, to this, to, to this day, over 70 million people aren't in on the joke. And he's referring to Michael Hattatum's, Mr. If I was president, I'd never leave the White House, spent more than an entire year out of his four years in office at his own properties and almost a year golfing, all of it planned grift, funded by the American taxpayer for him to make money off the office. And then Dennis is saying they clung to a hope. Nichols says they nursed a grievance. Casey, somebody said they got played. And even from that yeah. perspective, Trump let him down. So this goes on. It's a very good thread and people should check it out. It's amazing. It's a great conversation yeah. and I really appreciated them. And I think Dennis and Tom went back and forth with one another actually really well, very respectfully. They're very, coming from very different places. Um, I actually think there's a part of both of them that kind of saying the same thing, but we didn't get the reason I want to talk about this, and I think that last tweet by Tom that you got in there, way, way too many of them, right populism and the national streak that goes with it is cruel and other directed, not meaning, you know, blaming the other. Yeah. Not just in the United States, but the UK, Italy, Poland, Hungary, many other places. So, yeah. so what, what he's actually describing there is what, what we could think of as sort of a fascist movement or mm. sort of a right-wing kind of, we think of these things as sort of like movements or waves, but what what the core of what they were, and I want hold on to that, pin that everybody, think of like a movement or a wave, right? Of this sort of thing sweeping across democracies, the same sentiments, the same semantics, the same flags, the same, right? It's what it's, it was ha happening, right? And so put a pin in that because we're going to come back to that. But, at, underneath all of that, the conversation is really about what are we supposed to do as a nation? How do we address people? Why is it always up to, and this is kind of where it, it went, why is it always up to, uh, I guess you could call it the left because we just have a left and a right now, I, I, but the non-right wing to coddle them why are we always taking care of them why is it always about their grievance that like, try to understand them go on anthropological missions to sort of try to understand the guy in the diner why is the onus why do they get to stay and be stuck and have these views uh, that's all about grievance and it's not even based in reality they don't know folks in new york or california or the coastal elites that they that they rage about. They're just, they don't even know what people's lives are like in the cities, right? That they rage against these cities, right? And these urban, it's this, they're just buying the horseshit that's being fed to them from the right-wing propaganda machine. And that's their reality. So why are, they're not even people, what Tom was saying was, they're not even in a reality about 
the 80 million people that did vote for Joe Biden and what their existence is like, nor do they see those 80 million people as Americans, as their as their their um, fellow citizens. You know, they see us as the enemy. They see us as a, a cartoon, a cartoonish thing, all while saying that we only see them as a cartoon. You know, it's always, we're the victims of the thing that we're doing to you kind of thing. And Tom was really making the point of like, no, we don't have to tolerate this. And we don't have, it's on them to try to understand who we are. 80 million people rose up against this guy that had everything going for him and everything. And he could have won if he hadn't been such an idiot, um, you know, but we saw something that we, and our lives are affected. You mm. know, they didn't, these folks that we're supposed to care now about the poor white man that can somehow afford a $120,000 truck with flags in a boat with Trump flags, he's supposed to be the poor, you know, left out, forgotten, you know, you know, whatever. We're supposed to feel for him and, you know, watch Hillbilly Elegy, I guess, and like cry for the white man. But that, that fucker has never given a damn about understanding what it was like for people in the cities as they were, you know, being, uh, as this, rents were skyrocketing and they were facing poverty and, you know, the, mm. it, the infrastructures were collapsing around them and there was corruption. They didn't care. They didn't care about understanding, really understanding what life is like for the 80 million Americans. So that's the undercurrent of what they were really discussing is why is it always, why does this sect of our population that just sits there in grievance and listening to propaganda totally out of touch with reality, why do they get to call the shots all the fucking time? About because they get more votes. Their votes are worth more. Well, I mean, not it's, really, but they but Their votes not. are worth more. Now, they not get, this time. They didn't not win this time. time, but look at the look at the House. You know, they come so close to winning the House on, you know, easily 10 million votes le um, less than the Democrats. Mm -hmm. How did they come so close to winning the House with 10 million votes less? I mean, it seems okay. insane. Yeah. Here we go. So here, here's that thing I told you to put the pin yeah, in, yeah. right, of what Tom came to in the bottom part, that that this conversation missed. It was like, you guys can see my hand because I'm so skinny in this thing. But it's like it went, around, it went around the, the real fucking thing, the real monster that we're up against. It, mm. it, it talked about it, but it went around nailing it, right? Mm. And that is, this is a very powerful, uh, interconnected um, ecosystem of information that the right wing has been building. And they built a very powerful propaganda machine. There is a tremendous amount of language and semantic coordination between now these big online uh, news sites, media sites, the Fox News Channel, the new news channels that are coming up, um, the PR firms that work on crafting semantics for the right-wing conservatives and these dark money groups, right, that that put staffers and shit in, into these Senate positions, right, for on these senators and actually pick and pluck the senators and the congressmen to run from the right or to keep supporting from the right. All of those people, if you look just under the surface of where they're getting their phrasing, their symbols, their campaign slogans, the stuff that they get, you know, release the memo, what we started talking about from the beginning, all that stuff. It's all pushed through this propaganda machine um, and this 
this ecosystem, this information ecosystem, this architecture that's lying underneath it, that just in an instant spews things out to um, all these people in that sort of conservative bubble in terms of voters that are only getting their information and their worldview and their reality from that, not from a real life experience. They're not going to the cities and meeting people and looking at what people are living through in these cities. They're just accepting these semantics, right? They're just accepting these pictures that are being painted for them as if that's real. And that is the monster. So that's actually this whole question of what are we supposed to do with this divided America or these divided Americans? We actually should be saying, what do we do about this propaganda machine, mm -hmm. about this ecosystem? How do we puncture that? Because now it's got this shit in it, right? Now it's Facebook and Twitter and social media. Now all of these people have been giving over their own personal data, right? We all have, but some of us are smart enough not to do that. We know what happened in 2016 and 2014, 2013, 2014, 2015. We know about Cambridge Analytica. We know we have these companies now that, and even if that's not around, there's new companies that where Mark Zuckerberg enabled them to scrape everybody's data that people were handing over and start putting people into buckets for that ecosystem, for that architecture. There's a machine. There's a machine. Down. It's a machine. And we're, we're targets. We're marks. All of us are marks in that if you've been giving over your data. So all of those, those 70 million people, they're fucking marks. They're not victims. They're marks. They're but they're getting specifically machine. targeted. They're getting specifically targeted online, Absolutely. as you say, but also in their real world. And they know that they, yeah. their bread and butter is to vote for the Republican Party. And their votes do count more. They do are able to elect well, more representatives per capita than people on the coast. And, and their state houses are worth more because they can ultimately the determine the, the, in, a, in a constitutional convention, the, the state houses count a lot and who, you know, who runs the states count a lot. So there's an unevenness in the way the American Constitution weighs the, the 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 voters in the middle of the country versus the people in in on in on the coast, and that unevenness is, and I, is being gamed by this machine. It's being gamed, but mm. but we can th that can also we can we can address some of that um, as we move forward as a democracy. I know people get uh, in, hair on fire thinking about a constitutional convention. I yeah. would recommend against that. I think <laughs> what, where we can focus, don't go hair on fire that, no. where we can focus is how do we, how do we disrupt and dismantle the machine as well as um, kind of combat it with reality. And I think there's two solutions, two big solutions. The first solution is we must, 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 must have justice. We have to, people need to be able to see and hear the facts and uh, and evidence on the criminality that was the 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 Trump regime, right? They they really we really have to have that. That liberates minds in ways that you can't believe, right? It, it mm -hmm. really will. So that's number one. We must have that. You can't have peace and unity if you have a completely false reality that's that no one's punctured yet with the truth where there actually are real crimes and there are real victims. And it's not the people who are crying about, you know, that Donald's got hashtags that are made after, you know, it's about his diaper. It, it's not those people. Those aren't the victims. The victims are the, the 
264,000 Americans that are dead from a failed COVID response. There's other victims, right? Um, there's real human beings that have are suffered. You know, this is the kids taken from their parents, ripped from their parents, are put in cages. This, this is. We need to look at these crimes, and that will liberate minds. It really will, from that machine, from that ecosystem. The mm -hmm. other Absolutely. thing that we ha we must do is everybody needs to learn this phrase, and we need to chase down Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg with it, and that is uh, psychological experimentation without informed consent. Mm -hmm. consent. Which we've okay. all been subject to. We've all been subject to it. And this isn't just advertising and just because you're using everyday tools. I mean, think about it this, it, it was, we have been being experimented on. There has been a whole company that's admitted, yep, we experimented on people. We were, we were giving them psychological tests even and saying, here, take these IQ tests, take these personality tests. And then we were using that data to put people into psychological buckets I truly believe that a lot of the healthcare database hacks were, were information sets that got matched up with that. Oh, yeah. And so that they knew if people were depressed, they knew if people were on the spectrum, they knew, they knew all these different things about if it was in your health database, all you need is an email address. You could match it up. There's algorithms for this and started drilling down these messages to convert people's brains, to radicalize people for the benefit of a vote or for the benefit of a financial scam, right? Uh, that is not advertising. That's using tools it, with yep. a corrupt purpose and without informing people that you're experimenting on them psychologically. That is, it's categorically different and we need to start having that term and holding people accountable. And most people will say that they haven't been, they haven't been psychologically uh, affected or manipulated when they may not even know that they have been because some of it could just be know. making us very comfortably numb. You know, a lot of the last four years, we've all been in sort of, you know, smacked on the head kind of feeling of just numb to what's going on in the world. And part of what they have been, I think, programming into us is that idea that, you know, so much chaos, so much confusion that everyone just can't handle it and sort of goes into a freeze mode. Um, mm -hmm. Eric, you want to jump sure, in? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> because, you know, when you, when you talk about not just studying somebody, but doing an active measure of trying to get them into another mm -hmm. phase and see how that goes and then refine that and see if you, well, if you're, uh, you know, if you're willing to maybe think Russia wasn't so bad in World War II, how about was the Holocaust real? And they, that mm. they push that mm. th those mm. those things yeah. out. And when you, when you talked about keeping people comfortably numb, I immediately thought, you know, I sounded the alarm in December 2016. I'm like, hey, this uh, Russia thing might be a problem. And the propaganda that came out at anybody, especially those the, the first year of 2017, anybody who wanted to talk about that. Um, the, the major targets for propaganda, you, you, a lot of, by the way, a lot of times you talk propaganda, they go, oh yeah, we got to turn off that Fox news. And mm -hmm. I'm like, what about CNN? Mm -hmm. What about Vox? What about, and I'm not making specific, uh, I'm not saying they're foreign agents, but mm -hmm. when there's, when there's content that comes out that says, come on now, guys, it's not that bad. When mm. I'm sorry, we have foreign agents and mobsters, uh, up in our most critical possible positions. Uh, that, uh, look, let's talk about Wisconsin. The Russia stuff, it's just too much. It, that That's propaganda too. That's mm -hmm. everyone just calm down. Is. And 
and then you know there are some very hysterical people who are worried about some well-meaning people like Ezra Cohen Watnick and you know real real servants of the people like Devin Nunes you know they're just so worried for nothing just because you've been paid by Roman Abramovich I mean it's no big deal but <laughs> I'm you know, sorry. but all you that's, that's what happened. That's exactly what happened. We that got, was funny to, I yeah. know. I have found I found the centrist propaganda was the best and it was the most it was the most genius construction of it. Okay, sure. So uh, yeah, there's some stuff. Hey, you know, the, the internet lost its mind over the dossier, right? Instead of hearing that you know, like kind of jokey it up or is James Comey a little stiff, right? Instead mm. of they came out and just told us there's a spy investigation mm. on the campaign to elect the guy who got elected. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's, that is four alarm fire stuff. But it's like the dossier involves some peepee on a bed. The internet lost its mind. <laughs> like, no, that was the head of MI6 did a private dossier to, to check up on a political candidate and was so fucking alarmed he got on a flight to dc and was like i will give this to anyone who wants it everybody he gave it to everybody <laughs> yeah so um yeah. greg do you want to jump in there because i got some thoughts but i would i i have a couple of chance. i just have a couple of things yeah. just to circle back about the, the the sort of the right wing for want of a better word the the way that they do their messaging i mean part of it also is that there's money to be made if you're someone like us, for example, who likes to, you know, do these shows like this, there's a lot more money to be made if you go out there and you're a MAGA jerk off than if you're one of us. That's oh, just yeah. the truth. Somebody like sure. Candace Owens tries to be a liberal, doesn't work, finds MAGA Jesus, and now she's on TV all the time. Mm -hmm. Tommy yeah. Moore, however she says her name, same same kind of thing. And another example that's that's less, you know, the, the, the there's all these like think think tanks and this and that, that fund all this shit. Mm -hmm. uh, Rachel yeah. Slade, who's this brilliant woman who wrote um, the the, uh, the piece on my website about a couple of them, uh, she wrote about the Jones Act. So she's all into shipping, okay? So she wrote this piece mm -hmm. about the Jones Act and why it's good and why we should worry about them trying to dismantle it. And she winds up getting in an argument on Twitter with this guy, really handsome guy, you know, went to some fancy school. I think he's a check mark, whatever. That guy's job is to troll the internet looking for things that are critical of the Jones Act and then argue against them. That's like his job. <laughs> That's what he does for a yeah. living because there are interests that are so wealthy and powerful that they can afford to just pay a dude to do that. So that's what we're dealing with here also. Our side, yeah. there's not that, there's not this collection of oligarch money where they're like, here, Greg, here's uh, you know all this money, go do your thing. Um, they do it for Glenn Greenwald for some reason. Mm. I don't know. Draw your own conclusions. <laughs> Weird how that is. Um, but, you know, that's also something that I think people don't think about. Like, it's not like people go on these TV shows. Even the sports shows are largely rigged in some way where they say, we're going to have a debate about this quarterback. What do you think about it? I think he's great. Yeah, but on the show, you can't think he's great. And then they just go in and say how he sucks. Mm. And these guys are all really good at it. It's the same shit right? That they do. And that's where the money is. If Ben Shapiro was this raging liberal, um, he wouldn't be so popular and his wife would be pleasured in bed. You know, right. it would be. That's oh, what no. We're <laughs> you didn't say that. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
Um, you know, that's, that's my two cents. And then, and then, wait, I got one more thing. Just to circle way back, LB, to what something you were saying before. Yeah. You know, the way that people who are these Trump voters can really appreciate the 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 80 million Biden voters, the New York Times did this wonderful series of articles where they went around the country and they interviewed Biden voters and they just, oh wait, no, I'm just fucking kidding. They didn't do that at all. It's never happening. No. Not going to happen. Never happening. So we're fucking we're, assholes. We do are, your fucking uh, job, New York Times. <laughs> so we're back <laughs> in this position. Cease existing. Uh. Just shut the doors uh, to the gray lady. It's over. There's most mo, in in most American cities. Newspapers are not forever. Shut it down. Well, here's yes, the thing that worries the, me yes, so much. No. Here's what worries me so much is that we have won the White House back. That's for sure. But I don't know if we can say that the Republic is safe. I think we still have a lot of uh, a lot of battle ahead of us in terms of protecting the Republic, because the enemies are out there, the enemies of democracy, they'll continue to do what they've been doing. They'll continue to try to destabilize our democracy. There's no reason for them to stop. Um, and as we've learned, you know, there's not much we could do against that. For the best tool we know, and that we found this out ourselves in the last four years, is that truth is the best thing we have against Against mm -hmm. tyranny, against well, uh, authoritarianism, against any sort courts, of and the courts and the courts. Yes, the courts and truth both both rely on a, on right. a agreed set of facts. And the thing is, America's recent history is not all that truthfully told, as we all know. Like there's a mm. there are things that have happened in the last few decades that we have a version of those events, but we don't know if they're absolutely 100 percent correct. A version of those events, like we didn't know that the incoming president was also you know, working for the FBI and doing all sorts of other things. We didn't know that. And there is a lot of uh, secrets and untruths and myths and stuff that I think America could really defend itself better in the future if some of those truths were disclosed. And if we actually were able to go back and say, you know, let's explain what happened here in reality. You know, times have passed. We've learned new facts. This is what really happened on this event or on that event. Because my fear is, this is my nice little graphic, is that we don't have full disclosure, which is one route we could take. Yeah. We do go down the comfortably numb route, which is the route of, you know, you get to stay at home, you eat your cheeseburgers, you do whatever you need. You can watch the binge watch The Bachelor or The Crown or whatever is your thing. And you never have to re face reality. And the problem with that path of comfortably numb is that you don't actually get to control your destiny. You know, at the end of the day, if you aren't agreeing on where you, the truth is, if you can't see yourself in reality where you stand, you really are destined to failure somewhere down the line. It may not be now, but it could be generations down the line. If we keep building a society that it's just okay with being told things that are maybe right, but just are probably not right, they just seem right, um, then we're in real trouble. Then our society has a real moment. And that's why I think right now, more than ever, um, you know, we need to really consider whether we do go down a full disclosure path. Because if this is this magic moment of truth for us, either we either disclose things or we don't. Go ahead, Obi. I love that. I love what you just did there. So, yeah. um, you know, and I here, also here. think, also, here, here, I think, it's important to recognize and remember how uh, how slow the the sort of greater consciousness is to ca to catch up mm -hmm. to the truth tellers and the truth seekers. And let's use Diaper Don as an example because that's my favorite thing. <laughs> that was a favorite <laughs> that was like a, like, sure. Thanksgiving <laughs> gift. That was a Thanksgiving <laughs> gift. 
I'm so grateful for it. Well, <laughs> Noel Kassler, for, for three years at least, has every day been going, he wears the pens, he has incontinence issues. The reason why this is important for everybody it, to know is that it's connected to the drug abuse because he's abused so many stimulants. I watched him abuse them. Everyone who was in business with him on The Apprentice understands that he was a stimulant abuser and it was so bad and it was such a lifelong problem that he's lost control of his bowels. It's not like we're trying to pick on an old man who has to wear his diaper. It's that it's connected to a greater threat with this guy right? Mm. And we need to talk about that. So Noel has been saying that for three years. And it's not a hard thing to grasp of, oh, he has to wear a diaper because he shits his pants because he's shoved so much, so many stimulants up his nose or however he takes them. Um, this is this is not a, a person who is who you want having their hands on the nuclear football. Although somebody did say after seeing that small desk, they think maybe the nuclear football's a nerf. Right, maybe it's a nerf ball. Like we don't have to worry. He's at, he's at a toy desk. Big diaper, so, small desk, small nerf ball. Big diaper, small desk. So it's taken now, and that couldn't break through. No. Noel saying it that clearly, that consistently, time and time and time and time again, it didn't break through. It took that picture of him sitting there, and uh, the Medeiros brothers. Wait, are the ones that came out and said or the Midas? I can't ever yeah. say their last name. Midas, Midas Touch Brothers. Well, it's Midas is the name of their company, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So those brothers did this diaper dawn hashtag, and it punctured, right? It landed finally for people. It landed, and it landed so strong and so hard that the president was actually say, calling for Twitter a national security threat because he, he was. was so afraid of this hashtag. <laughs> Oh, so dear. it takes that that's a real simple concept it takes a while you know i think people will start getting that they have been subjected to a massive amount of propaganda that's not safe propaganda it's not typical marketing this isn't typical political mm -hmm. campaigning that it actually has been they their brains have been experimented on with very powerful tools um, by people who knew that's what they were doing and they set out to actually do it and Folks never gave their consent. They never said, it's okay for you to go ahead and experiment, have my personal data, and then experiment on my brain with it. Nobody ever signed nope. that, right? That's illegal. So as soon as people wake up to that, they can start doing things like filing class action lawsuits against Facebook. Mm -hmm. These are the things that we can do, how we can use the courts, how we can use the truth. It's just going to take time. What Zev said is exactly right. It's just going to take time, and we need to stay on it. But we're going to forget, you know, that my thing, we're going to forget and we're going to move into a new administration and we're going to, things are going to get back I'm to normal. Forgetting. Are you forgetting, Greg? Are you forgetting the guy who broke I, into your house? We're, we're, we're going to be right. I, I realized about a year ago that I'll probably spend the rest of my life writing about this. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know how happy I was when I made that realization, but <laughs> um, I want to make a, a point about media and truth but eric you look like you were going to say something a second ago did you have something to add to the just that we came really close to losing this republic closer than anybody understands yet uh when the crimes start coming out we will but i love zev's uh call to arms here we can never let civics class leave high school again we need to oh. tell the truth about history we need national service come on freshman and sophomore year you don't need to get to fucking college until 20. you can do you can do two years of national service 
might be as a rifleman, it might be as a dental hygienist or an archivist, but you need to serve this country and your brain needs to grow up anyhow. Do you really need that many, you know, you're going to be puking at frat parties anyhow <laughs> and trying to make it to class by 9 p.m. You can, you can delay, you, you can delay that process for two more years. And Macron in France is, is doing that and he's doing it such that he's making these, uh, the young people, I forget if that, where the policy was. I know the, the, the proposal was out there and it was brilliant. He's like, France is broken down into too many bubbles that are socioeconomic, ur- urban versus rural, um, uh, ethnic, religious, and whatnot. And the, the purpose was to, per- to bring back national service and make sure that the young people who were going to serve together would be from different walks of life. Mm-hmm. So from their most formative years they would be attached to the french republic and to see all all of the citizens one another uh, yeah such a good idea yeah because because a lot of the a lot of the extremism that was fomenting that they were that the russians and others were able to use their intelligence services Mm -hmm. to 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 radicalize those guys Mm -hmm. and get them to go on some freaking truck in syria some of those some of those young people were second and third generation french Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're, they're, your grand, it was their grandfather, great grandfather was born in Algeria. They still might be named Mohammed, um, but they're as French as, a, you know, Denis Leblanc, but mm-hmm. he, they didn't feel it. And so Macron is getting in there and I forget where the policy's at, but he, he said, we need to break those down. And from the early, the earliest age, rebuild the Republic from the young people up, appreciating their diversity, not as a catchphrase. Uh, not as tokenism, but as honest to God, you work together for this country from your earliest days. Mm-hmm. We need stuff yeah. like that that is positive yes, and builds. It's a different kind of nationalism. Uh, it's just great. It is. It's a, pri- a pride in your fellow countrymen mm-hmm. and, and your and your your collective mission together, mm-hmm. a greater purpose together that 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 folks can have. Oh, I'm frozen there in a really weird way. Sorry. Um. So that's okay. So. You know, and that's all part of taking symbol. You can't you can't let your national symbols devolve into being sort of the property of the most radicalized citizens. That's not okay. Mm. <laughs> I don't. You know, I have a great big flag outside my house now. Oh, if you know where there that you is. Go. So that's, like I was like putting that flag up. I love my American flag. Yeah. Right? Why should that? Not what there's not one political party that should have that should own symbols, right? Yeah. Our symbols that's ridiculous, and we've allowed that to happen, and that's been shameful. And something like what Eric said would that would put stop to that real quick. Greg, why did you close us here? Although I feel like yeah, you want to eat that I, pie that I keep putting you above. I, <laughs> it looks delicious. Um, <laughs> the the um, you were talking about truth before, mm. and I, I wanted, and that that reminded me of something. And that's a th- a lot of this has happened before with propaganda in this country. Um, at the time of the Spanish American War, people got their news mostly from newspapers, tabloid newspapers, many of whom had very specific political biases. And the Hearst newspapers uh, were very were known for being sort of they were like the Fox News of the day, very like. Uh, lurid and big headlines and, you know, all this kind of crazy, um, what, what's the word, controversy. And William Randolph Hearst wanted there to be war because he thought it would be good for the papers. And he sent a reporter to Cuba, to Havana, and said, you know, what's going on there? And he wrote back, there's nothing happening here. And Hearst said, you just give me the story, I'll give you the war. <laughs> and what wound up happening is that people realized in time that it 
was bullshit. You know, they were like, this is not grounded in reality. And the paper that mm. at that time stopped uh, doing the biased kind of reporting was the New York Times. And their model was, we're just going to stick to the truth and tell you what mm. happened and not politicize it and not bias it and make it as objective as it's possible to be. And that is why the New York Times became the paper of record in the United States. It was because it was objective and it could be reliably depended upon huh. to be objective, unlike the Hearst newspapers. And the model was successful. We're still talking about it. It still mm. resonates. The branding is still important now over a hundred and what is it? 120 years later. Yeah. Um, because the paper was that successful. So at the end of the day, I think people want to know the truth. People want to know yeah. what's happening. The people that watch Fox News watch it because they think they're being told the truth. They don't watch it because they're assholes. They may also be assholes, but the reason they're watching it is because they think that Sean Hannity has the truth, right? Mm. So once this stuff comes out, which is going to start coming out on Monday, as soon as Biden gets that presidential brief, right? Mm. We're going to start <laughs> to know things. And... When people, I so. and I think especially with the, we've talked about this before, especially with the COVID, once we look back and we're able to see what Trump and Pence and Kushner did or did not do with regards to COVID, people's minds are going to be blown. And all of these bullshit biased things are going to lose their readership because the, people are going to be like, we were lied to, you know, and that's people right. don't like to be lied to. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, like that's something that we all have in common. Yeah, it's a class action lawsuit. I think that's why yeah. they, you know, we didn't we didn't touch on the Flynn pardon because it was so, or, or if we did, it was for a second because it's like whatever, we're the asshole. Uh, but, but it's so important, and there's a reason. There's so much propaganda around it because, I mean, he's a, a, an egregious traitor. But once you break the seal of even after we, you know, you, you they convict the Roger Stones out there, then they're all, well, we're gonna. Um, I'm not, uh, will commute his sentence that hasn't happened yet. I mean, they're willing to do whatever it takes because once you know that this man was surrounded by criminals and traitors, you're only a hop, skip, and a jump from, and he was. And they're that whole universe that was created that you guys are talking about that has created all, well, I think I said alternate facts in my December 11th, 2016 thread that this was carefully created. You don't need an alternate opinion. You've got alternate facts. Mm -hmm. um, did Kellyanne steal that later? I don't, I'd love to know one day, <laughs> but, uh, um, but th that's what it created. And, and once you, pierce through that with the very clear but they were criminals they, they but in reality narrator voice but they were felons mm -hmm. and traitors and they're now serving at adx florence comstock new york prison ossining prison new york uh, uh you now know. we need to bury white because this is oh, it gets God. sexy for uh, me uh, when uh, we start uh, talking uh, about uh, i might be able to help you with that let's do some of this let's now see we need a little of it oh there he is northern adirondack prison outside of malone ah, yeah <laughs> Rikers Island. You'll be spending six, six, day, six, seven days and six nights in Rikers Island. Second prize. Let me hear. You'll be staying at the fabulous Manhattan 
Metropolitan Correctional Center. <laughs> you might even see Gillen Maxwell. It's 25 to life. It's 25 to life. Maxwell. Of supervised release it, after baby. your tag. <laughs> Believe it, baby. We found a certain thing. <laughs> a certain feeling. He's got to go somewhere. He's express themselves. He's going. Feel. Mm. Well, there you go. That is Beach Narrative Live on a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> usual narrative life on a friday thanks for joining us everybody hope you had a great thanksgiving thank you guys and have a great weekend thanks Ev. cheers we'll see you next time Bye-bye. thanks Ev. Bye-bye. narrative is funded by viewers like you support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative